1: Right. Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. How is it
2: in Paris right now? Um, quiet. Yeah. yeah sure. We're getting <laughs> ready
3: for next week. We open for business next week. So. Oh, oh nice. No, really? Wow. Yeah. wow. Monday, wow. they're reopening.
0: So, so reopening everything?
3: Not the restaurants, bars, and, you know, uh, museums and gardens and stuff, but retail Mm -hmm. locations like stores and shops and all that, all that can open Monday. Wow.
1: Oh, wow. Wow. That's exciting. (laughs) How do you you feel about that, Tanisha? Um, I'm not going out Monday, so
3: I'm going to just let them handle it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And then maybe I'll go out Tuesday or Wednesday and see what it's like. Okay
0: yeah well it's still bad here our numbers are still i live in dc and okay. it's still bad here um yeah. it seems like every day i'm looking on facebook and seeing that somebody else has it um yeah yeah it's tough here maybe it's different in maryland different parts no. but no the numbers not. continue to it rise like, in
1: maryland
2: we have yeah. the ceiling Mm-mm. no and like i mean it was great that he opened up parks and stuff yesterday because i'm a huge outdoor person but at the same time, like, we get so many phone calls now at the winery, like, oh, can we sit outside? Like, no, we're not a park. <laughs> like, <laughs>
1: no, you're an essential hey. service.
2: <laughs> this is not how this works.
3: You're yeah. an essential service park.
2: Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, what does that mean? <laughs> and, like, the unfortunate thing is that we produce a beverage that makes people pee. So, like, whether or not they want to oh. sit outside, they just have to come back inside to use the restrooms. Which means like another like form of sanitation, so we can only have so many people in the building at a time. Like it's just another layer on top of it as opposed to like packing a picnic and going to the local park to sit down and then leave, you know. Not yeah. quite at all the same thing. <laughs> You're
1: right. Have on. they have yeah. they um have they given uh the vineyards any guidance? I know I spoke to um Jane from J Mark. Oh yeah. And um, about a week ago, her and I were talking a week ago and mm-hmm. she she was, at that time, they were still uncertain about what to do because it's, it's yeah. kind of like a restaurant, like you can wear a mask in there, but you got to take the mask off to drink. Yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, you can't you know. put a straw in.
2: This is not how it right. works. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, we can't do any consumption at all right now, obviously, right? So it's just to-go sales. When we open back up, I mean, we don't know. Like, you know, there's the... So there's Grow & Fortify, right? Which is this overarching organization within Maryland that uh, promotes craft value-added products, right? So they do the wine, the spirits, the beer in Maryland. And we were on a joint call with all of the three guilds together, and the beer guild and spirits guild was like, "Oh, it'd be fine like if you could take a straw or anything." Of it. And we're, the wine guild's like, "Hell no! <laughs> this is not how you enjoy wine." <laughs> like, no, 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 no. This is not. This is not how this works. So yeah, we don't really know. I think, we think the next step is that we'll be allowed to have people on the property, but we won't be able to do tastings. So they'll be able to buy a bottle of wine and sit outside but we still can't offer a tasting. I mean, for us, like, and we'll talk about this later as well, but like for us, it's been difficult, you know, we're a winery and a lot of what we do is based on consumer interaction, face mm-hmm. on face, pouring you the sample and telling you about how it was made and what the craft was and everything that goes with it. And instead you get an online description, you click a button and add it to your cart. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a mm-hmm. pretty big disconnect about how you run a business and how you engage customers. Than how it's been in the past, and it's a, it's like interesting to see the flip. It's like you've had to go through yeah. a completely different marketing business platform in order to make this happen. Um, yeah, it's definitely been a weird struggle.
1: <laughs>
2: hmm. Hmm. Huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So
0: that was a hell of an intro, Melissa. Introduce yourself <laughs> to everybody. Welcome to the Swirl Suite.
2: <laughs> sorry. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. No worries. Okay. No, I love try. it. <laughs> i was good keep talking. I'm. I'm really good at this. Um, All right. Well, my name is Melissa Allen. I am a third generation, the third generation winemaker at Lingenor Wine Cellars. Um, I guess what that means is that my grandparents started the winery about 43 years ago. And my grandfather was the winemaker until about 88, 89, when my dad took over being the winemaker. And now I've kind of taken on that role with our head winemaker, Ray Mitchum. So I don't do it all by myself. I have someone else to help me because I do a lot of other things too. (laughs) Um, yeah, so that's kind of me and what I do in a nutshell.
0: Did you always know that you wanted to be a winemaker?
2: Um, so no, (laughs) I always knew I wanted to work with my dad. Uh, growing up, I really loved my dad. I knew I wanted to be near him and work with him. And the only, (laughs) so Maryland wine is young, right? Like we're one of the oldest wineries. We've been around for 43 years. So growing up there were only like eight or nine wineries in the state. And I'd go to all these festivals, offset events, and there was never a woman winemaker. So in my mind at nine, 10 years old, women couldn't be winemakers. It wasn't the thing. There were none. So I wanted to be a secretary. I like, when I was nine or 10 years old, I was like, I'm going to be a secretary. I'm going to be my dad's secretary. I'll be there and I'll work with my dad and it'll be fantastic. And my parents were like, what? (laughs) you want to be a secretary when you grow up? And um My grandmother subscribes to this magazine called Wine Business Monthly. Huge magazine Mm -hmm. across the entire industry, right? And one day, Gina Gallo showed up on the front of Wine Business Monthly. And not every 10-year-old knows what the Gallo family is. But when you grow up in the wine industry, you know what Gallo is. Yes. So uh, she pointed out, she's like, this is Gina Gallo. This is Ernest and Julio's granddaughter. And she is the winemaker. And I was like, she's a winemaker? And kind of from that point, I was like, oh, women actually can be winemakers. And then I changed my entire outset from being a secretary to being a winemaker and found out that the only school on the East Coast that offers a degree in winemaking was Cornell University.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And so I set my standards high and I pushed and pushed all the way through middle school and high school. And I was accepted into Cornell in 2000, 2009 and I graduated with a degree in viticulture which is grape growing and enology which is fermentation science in 2013. So that very was kind cool. of the whole thing like start as a secretary end up with a degree in wine making. <laughs> that is very
1: cool. Yeah. A,
2: a couple of years
1: ago I did a series on um women in wine in Maryland uh-huh. and um and we we interviewed a couple of the owners mm-hmm. And, um, and some of the winemakers, but it's still, you know, compared to Lee, it's still not a lot of women. There's more um, activity mm-hmm. and you see um, at least more ownership, maybe not making wine, but um, they're in the tasting room now, um, but it's still not as big yeah. as you would think it would be yes. in 2020.
2: Certainly. And like, mm-hmm. I've worked in seven different wineries. And in six out of those seven, I have been the only female on the team. And that's just kind of how the industry is. It is mainly 80% male, probably 20% female on a, on a good day. <laughs> um, but the thing is that uh, I don't know how to say it, like kind of politely. The, the, part of it is the job is very physically demanding right like something on my resume says i can lift 50 pounds repetitively right like that is something i need to be able to do in order to make wine not every person can do that and that's okay but like that's part of the job requirement is you need to be able to stand every day you know during harvest i'm getting twenty thousand steps per day and constantly moving and constantly Mm -hmm. going and working 12 14 hour days and doing it again the next day and just keep going for 90 days straight it's a long time um so there's a lot of like demand in that physical aspect that not many people um and and in some cases women can accomplish mm-hmm. yeah yeah um, honestly i, I kind of like being the
1: only woman it's really nice <laughs> <But> <laughs> that's just me <laughs> but then you you know what i also started to notice too is that there are more women who are becoming the the vineyard manager yes um and not just working on the sales and marketing. And that's a pretty demanding role too. Certainly. Uh, yes. Yeah. That you you know, I always tease people like if you want to get a good lower body workout, deep printing, deep harvest, <laughs> you will you will get that you get those uh, uh those buns of steel. That is certainly true. I worked at
2: a winery in Indiana and all the winemaking stuff, what is required to do all the young vineyard parts. So mm. you put a grape vine in the ground, you know, it only starts like I don't know, six, 10 inches long. You put it in the ground and you have to slowly train it up. So you have to bend down every week, you bend down to six inches, 10 inches above the ground and like tie up a little shoot and then tie up another little shoot mm-hmm. you keep going. So like the squats, really great.
0: Yes. <laughs> Gosh, this sounds so tedious. Oh, yes. it's very yeah. tedious.
2: And, and it's literally backbreaking. Okay. yeah, literally yeah. back yes. Breaking. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I end up with some super awkward tans on the back of oh, on my back because of this <laughs>
1: <That's>, <laughs> so. Yeah. so you had mentioned, you know, Liiganre's been around for a while. And if you ask mm-hmm. people in Maryland, you, have you been to a Maryland winery?" And they're like, "Yeah, I went out to the Caribbean festival, <laughs> right. So, um, now that, like you are, leading or have input on the winemaking process, are you forging a different path for Ligonier? Um
2: This is always like my toughest question to answer. So <laughs> the answer is kind of yes, but no at the same time. Mm-hmm. Right, so um, we've been known for sweet wines. Uh, when the winery first started, my family only make dry made dry wines because that's all that they drank was dry wines. But during that time in the early to mid-70s, people in the area, it was all Baptist. Like no one drank really anything besides dandelion wine. So we had these people come in and ask for dandelion wine. And my dad's like, what now? And he was so ashamed, he produced it for these people that asked that he kept it beneath the counter so no one could see that he had it. And then they started asking for sweeter wines and sweeter wines. And so we kind of like got into this market of producing sweeter wines. And kind of took us into this path that we have mm-hmm. you know, end up where we are today. Um, the nice thing about the wine industry is that it's always evolving. That it's never constant and it's never a standard. And so where we were 20 years ago to where we are today, heck, when I was 12, which was now 17 years ago, when I was 12, there were 12 wineries in the state. And now there's almost 100. Mm-hmm. Right? It's completely like taken off in the past decade or so. And with that, you have an increase of consumer recognition and an increase of consumer quality demands. So we still make very high quality, well-balanced sweet wines and we will continue to do so because we know there's demand. People want local wines that taste delicious, that are easy drinking and that are fun, but there's also people who want wines um, that they can sit down and have with a nice dry, you know, hearty steak or with a salad, or with some, you know, chicken or fish that pair a little bit better with some of the the dinner meals. That mm-hmm. So um, Ray Mitchum, who I mentioned earlier, is our head winemaker. He started kind of pushing, forging this path back in 2014, when he joined on, really made a big stride in 2016, and I came back in 2017. And together, we've kind of been pushing it hard since then. Um, we've won some fantastic awards throughout the country with uh, competitions. We've been awarded wonderful scores from James Suckling on our and Exposure and our Cabernet Franc wines. We're all very proud of. So it's just it's nice to get some recognition about um, those sorts of things that we're working hard to change the perception of. Yeah.
1: Well, I really I like the new branding of the labels. Oh, thank you. I like the new branding and I like the Petit Bordeaux. Like I was really. Um, I think uh, a couple of years ago, you guys showed the Petit Verdot at the um, railroad. Yeah. The, the winter wine. You know? Yeah. yes, yeah. 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 And it
2: was, it was very nice. Oh yes. It is. It's one of our favorites. Um, we, we, so Ray and I do um, virtual tastings every Friday now to try to engage people.
1: Oh, we did a virtual
2: nice. tasting with um, Petit Verdot last Friday. And usually we stay after work and have a little bit of wine, but no one's opening wines anymore so it's not happening as often so we opened it for the first time in a while like wow the petit fredo this is great we missed it (laughs) back again
0: (laughs) so uh, leslie was telling me that you guys are working on an expansion
2: expansion you mean the building we were building yeah yeah so (laughs) when you build a winery you never build it big enough Right, because that's not how this works. <laughs> so what had happened is that um, we had reached a point where we could bottle enough to kind of make it through a small period of time, but not a big period of time. So that new building we were building out the back that most people saw through the last two years is now fully up and operational as of like a month and a half ago, and it is a new warehouse. So it stores finished wine, ready to go out to the consumer via either distribution or through our retail channels. So um, that is just for our like, warehousing, but because of that, we were able to do a lot of renovation for where our old warehouses were. So our bottling line, actually, is the, this is the biggest thing, is that our bottling line has had an expansion upon it because of this warehouse expansion. So we are going to be able to offer screw caps on all of our sweet wines starting in about a month. So, oh, that's that, great. yes, yeah, that's we are very, very excited about that, <laughs> especially for our festivals where we open lots and lots of bottles. It'll be a yeah. lot easier with a screw cap mm-hmm. and take a lot of time and effort out of the entire thing. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's really smart.
2: Yeah. yeah, yeah, we we can't wait. We're like, we've got the screw caps in, we've got the bottles in, we've got the wine ready. So we just need to get like the tech support to help us start, the, start up the line. So any day now, hopefully. Yeah. So what's, what's, what's actually
0: going on in the vines right now?
2: Oh man. So in the vines right now, well, there's several things. So we've had a really warm winter, right? You guys remember that it didn't snow, it wasn't terrible, but it was just really warm. Um, So on April 3rd, we saw our very first bud break, which is where that little bud kind of like bursts through the top part of the vine and releases a couple of leaves. And that's the very first part that happens. Um, So that happened on April 3rd, which is about 15 days early. Usually it happens right between the 18th and the 20th of April. And so we were almost two weeks early at that point, which sounds great, right? So you have your grapes come out early, you have a longer growing season, you get more ripening, the grapes will be better, it'll be more delicious, all these things, except then it got cold. And now we have frost. (laughs) And in Mm -hmm. fact, we have two frost events coming up this weekend, one tomorrow night, and one the night after that. (laughs) So right now, all those little buds that came out almost over a month ago now, now have three or four leaves on them. And they're very tender and very delicate. And there's a very good chance that we're going to run into some issues this weekend with this cold temperature that comes through. And basically, it freezes, it causes a burn, just like you know, freezer burn does on your food causes a burn on the leaves. And obviously the leaves are burnt and brown. It causes them to die. And they can no longer produce wonderful grapes. So there is a good chance that many, many vineyards in the area, and not just Maryland, I'm talking, this is going to all the way down to North Carolina.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: There's many, very good chance that a lot of these vineyards will see some massive um, frost kill that can result in some extremely negative qualities and the fact that the plant will not be able to produce what we had it intended or hoped it would be able to produce.
0: Is there anything um, that you can do right now to prevent some of that? Like, are you guys using like big fans or something? Yeah, right.
2: Planet? Okay. So that's really common in Bordeaux and Burgundy is to use fires, yeah. right? So the whole idea behind frost is that it is this layer of cold air that settles and sits. And when it sits is the issue. If it keeps moving, it's okay, but when it sits, that's the problem. That's how frost is formed. So you can use fire, obviously, to heat up the area around you. Um, You can use water and spray the vines because water only gets down to 32. It doesn't freeze below that, so it won't cause any more damage than 32. So that can help. There are some things that we've sprayed ahead of time. Copper can help prevent um, certain ice formation, so that can help as well. But the big thing that we have are these frost fans. And a lot of people see these vertical fans. They sit, up, they sit upright and they rotate you know, vertically in the air. Uh, what we have are actually these horizontal fans. So think of a helicopter blade, something as big as a helicopter blade, but yeah. it only sets about two feet off the ground. Mm-hmm. And basically the idea is that it pulls air from underneath of it and shoots it up into the air. So it's like a reverse drain. It's draining the cold air and taking the cold air off the bottom of the valleys and throwing it up into the top, forcing the warm air up there back down to the bottom. Mm -hmm. So it keeps just circulating the air the whole whole night through. So let's see, we've got about, I think eight or nine of them um, strategically placed throughout our vineyard in the lowest spots to help keep moving the air. And then my uncle, um, his name's Eric, He's the vineyard manager, and he'll be out there at 2 a.m. on Saturday morning and Sunday morning to come in and turn them all on and get them up and going in an effort to try to mitigate as much damage as we could.
1: They, um, aren't those the big machines, like when you first drive yeah, in? Exactly. The big green
2: machine. That, that is sits it. Over, yeah. Yep, that is it. That big green machine that sits there, mm-hmm. that is our frost. That is one of them. We have many others that we move throughout the property, depending on location and everything. But um, that one always sits there. (laughs) Yeah. 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 We actually, so the year before we bought those, we had a frost event. And in order to, like, mitigate that frost before we had these machines, we hired helicopters to come out and fly super low are you serious oh. yeah they, they call i think if i remember correctly they, they're like two hundred dollars an hour to come out and fly and they're flying just you know maybe I, I can't even say like 20 50 feet over the vines just trying to mix up the air right they can't sit on the ground but they they move so they flew out of frederick airport and flew down to us and went for five or six hours just trying to mix the air wow. and Oh, it was man. not nearly as effective as we hoped it would be. No. <laughs> Clearly,
3: I got to Google this and find video so I can watch one of
2: these. I know, no, right? <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the, the fans are really cool. You can't hear them hardly. As soon as you make it up over the hill, they, they have very little noise. So the vertical fans that they call uprights, um, the ones that sit high up in the air, um, they make a lot of chatter. Like, they're very loud. Um, so when you have neighbors, they usually don't appreciate it because they don't want to listen to that at 3 a.m fair i totally get it um so these prevent very have very little chatter like in fact we have a horse farm next to us and they don't even complain about it which is great so Hmm. yeah
0: so once you survive the frost event what's your next what's the next challenge what do you worry about next is it deer Um, uh birds
2: birds yeah so the people (laughs) yeah the people yeah we actually had one festival um, a couple of years ago where it was so rainy at the end of the day and there was such a backup getting out that people started driving through the vineyard you
0: are kidding me
2: out. I'm not kidding you like they were stuck in the vineyard and we had to go over the tractors and pull them out because people thought it was logical to drive through a vineyard row and what we had to cut signs it, out idiots. to get people out I was like that's exactly what I was thinking I was like you've got to be kidding me right now like what do wow. I doing oh my god can so you arrest was, can
0: you
3: can they get arrested know, for that?
2: that exactly that's I'm property damage <laughs> Um, so our next biggest worry is deer. So deer, okay. deer really love. They don't. They, they like the grapes, but the very tender shoots when the grapes are really when the grapevines are young, they love them. It's those small tender leaves that don't have any bitterness to them. They're just sweet and delicious. Um, so they'll come in and like just pluck them right off the grape. And if you don't have any grape leaves and you can't photosynthesize, the plant can't produce, and it just kind of stays stunted the entire year. Uh, we have installed deer fence around about three-quarters of our of our vineyards at this point. We have about 80 acres. So uh, three-quarters of that is surrounded in deer fence. So usually we don't have too much of an issue unless we have a hole in the fence somewhere. Hmm. Um, hot, humid summers, and that's a really good way to breed pests and mildew and disease and everything else. So the... Uh, the drier, the better. So 2018 hmm. when it rained all year, that was the worst year that we have mm. ever, ever had. <laughs> um, but we've had, I mean, 2019 was one of the best years. It was pretty dry all the way through yeah. the end of harvest. Like we couldn't, couldn't complain at all. We hmm. don't really worry about birds until uh, the grapes start to get ripe. Then we'll put bird netting up around to help prevent birds from getting in. So, yeah. Hmm.
0: Wow. Oh,
2: God. I would lost? be so stressed out if I was, I was a winemaker. maker. It is a lot of stress in in agriculture.
3: <laughs> That's why I just drink wine. I don't have
2: Exactly. To mm-hmm. I, I have would totally to be, milk be milk with milk you on yeah. that one. Yeah. <laughs> Much I respect
0: to y'all. <laughs> yeah, fair <enough>. Thank you.
3: <laughs> Thank you for all you do for us. Thank, Thank you.
2: you. You're welcome. You
1: your for your service. Thank you. <laughs> it's not it's Right here.
2: This uh, is essential. <laughs> You are so, <laughs> oh, <man. laughs>
0: so you started to talk about this earlier. Um, you can continue on mm-hmm. on the adjustments that you guys have to make because of COVID and the social distancing.
2: Yeah, definitely. So it has been weird to only have ten people in the tasting room at a time, and four of which are our staff members. Um, so that's been very strange. It's been awkward to tell people, "No, you can't sit on our patio and enjoy wine. You have to take that home." Um, we actually had a customer call and ask if they could sit in the car and drink their wine in their car. And we're like what? to begin. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. They got like, to begin with, that's illegal. Man. <laughs>
3: that is illegal. So oh, that's <laughs> tough. <laughs> that is tough, man. That's a whole nother set <laughs> yeah. That's a hard <laughs> life right there. That's yeah. hard. <laughs> and they went home and drunk it in the driveway or the garage. They ain't even want to <laughs>
2: Yeah, right. Exactly. And Go to a park or something. I can't help you. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sure what to say. <laughs> um, I think, like I mentioned earlier, like the biggest adjustment has been taking your whole marketing platform, your whole business platform about consumer engagement and being able to sit there and talk with a customer about this wine, about why it's special and why we view it the way we do and how we produce it and what it means to us. Like having this kind of emotional connection with the product and then beating that and like, explaining that to the customer. Like, that's all, there's this huge disconnect now. You know, we send out thank you notes and stuff like that, but it's it's not the same as being able to spend time one-on-one with one of our servers who is well-educated about the wines that they're pouring and can answer your questions and take a picture of you and your friends and, you know, all these other things. We can't do that anymore. And it's, we miss people. It's nice to have people around. And like, for the most part, I'm an introvert, I don't mind talking about wine. I can do that for hours, but I do miss having people standing in the tasting room. There's something nice about watching people consume the product you make and you have passion about, and you see that they're really enjoying it. And all I see is boxes going out, right? Like I feel kind of like Amazon. <laughs> like, okay, well, there goes another box. <laughs> yeah. I hope they like but it. Then <laughs>
3: that is a good thing. That's better than not seeing boxes going out. Most certainly.
2: Yeah. So we have, we have definitely seen um, our loyal customers really try to support us during this time. Uh, we have, you know, dozens of boxes that go out most days. Uh, it's really nice to see that. Uh, we see, you know, customers still supporting us in liquor stores and trying to buy local, and that's great too. Um, I think people now more than ever realize. How much the local economy actually means to Mm -hmm. their friends and family. Mm -hmm. I think it's easy to forget, you know, right? Like if you don't know where your neighbor works, and suddenly your neighbor's unemployed because they work at a local company. Like, oh, really? Oh, and you're unemployed too because you work at a local company. Oh, and you too, and you too, and like you suddenly you realize how much of the economy and how much of their family and friends really are employed by small businesses. And I think people are are. Definitely making an effort to try to support more small than they have before. And it's wonderful to see that as a small business, we have a little under, we're not hiring massive people from across the country. We're hiring local people that live here in Maryland that work with us every day. And we feel like we're part of their family as much as they feel like they're part of ours. So those have kind of been the adjustments. You know, we've offered some. Mm, Shipping deals, we've offered some virtual tasting packages. In fact, uh, not tomorrow, on Saturday, we have a Mother's Day cocktail and brunch. So we're doing wine cocktails and brunch recipes. So that way, husbands in the world can learn how to pamper their wife the next day on Mother's Day. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: that is very good. Mm. That's pretty good. Cool. Yeah, we, we thought good. it was necessary. <laughs> yeah. Do you
0: guys have like a big plan for like a large, well, you mentioned that like once thing, once we're at the next level of a reopening, you're probably going to invite people to drink outside. You guys have like a big marketing plan or you're going to have live music or something for that.
2: Um, We kind of go back and forth on it. I don't think we've got anything set in stone yet. Because I think we'll still be limited by the number of people we can have. Mm. And we already draw like a fairly decent crowd. So we don't want to overdraw and have to turn people away. So it's it's a really weird situation to figure out how you play it out exactly right. Because we were talking about food trucks, right? Mm. Most small businesses will put a food truck out front as a draw. Come here, buy this wine, get your food, go home for dinner. But if we were to advertise a food truck, like we could be in a lot different situation where suddenly we've got hundreds of people that now we can't control because we can still only let ten people inside at a time. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, we don't want to be a Costco or Walmart. We want to be able to treat each person the way that they um, expect our customer service to be.
0: Hmm. And you guys have a wine club? That makes
2: sense. Yeah, we have a we have yeah we have a wine club. We have uh, our release is coming up in the beginning of June um we've got it's three wines for each club released four times so it ends up being a case over the course of a year um yep but we've got a wine club it's free to join and usually there's special events like we had a brunch <laughs> um, with a local restaurant that did all these pairings back in february we were going to have a movie night which obviously we can't do anymore so we've been trying to think of like other ideas and how to engage people in the, in this virtual age um, but yeah, we've got a wine club free to join. You get a 15% discount on all your wine purchases and yeah, it's a lot of fun. I, I like the wine club members. They're, they're passionate about our products and it's nice <laughs> to sit there and talk to people like, plus you know, when you show up for brunch, you get free breakfast. So it's great.
3: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> winning. Yes.
0: <laughs> all right. So this is the second part of our show where we get to lo- know you a little bit better with our <laughs> right. random questions. Okay. <laughs> What was the and this is for everybody, everybody's going to answer these questions actually. Um, oh. <clears throat> what was the last item you ordered online?
2: Uh, honestly, yesterday I bought a um, new server for the winery. That was Aww. my last thing I ordered online. It was not it's really so fun.
3: practical, <laughs> yeah.
2: it's very practical. We need it, but more fun than that, I uh recently bought a jigger and a cocktail shaker for our cocktail yeah. class. Ooh, um, nice online via facebook from a local store in frederick and she went into the store and took pictures of the items she had called the kitchenette she took pictures of the items she had and then sent me the pictures let me know the price and i paid her via venmo and it was fantastic
1: so support local
2: even though you are stuck at home (laughs) i love it very Very
1: cool cool. i ordered my
2: mother flowers
1: for mother's day hey oh, nice. yes it's mm-hmm. very special
0: tanisha what about you oh can you even order anything can you receive yes. anything
3: yes i hope so um i ordered wine <laughs> what I ordered online <laughs> <yesterday>. <laughs> <laughs> and before and the day before that i ordered some art for my walls because i'm so tired of looking at these empty white walls mm. so oh
1: uh, those are my last mm. two purchases yeah
0: for me, um, I actually just ordered a few things today from Amazon. I ordered a whiteboard for my oh, office. Nice. and um, just a big old digital clock that says the date, the time, the then the day of the week because I can't remember. Um. <laughs> it doesn't matter right now.
3: It's all—it re- literally doesn't matter.
0: Right. <laughs> I
3: think today could okay. be That's Tuesday, awesome. Saturday, or Monday. Like yeah. whatever. Yeah. It's any day.
1: <laughs>
0: oh. <laughs> okay, next question. What historical figure would you like to be? Meet or Ooh. be? Which one be. do you be. say? Be.
3: be. Be. Ooh. Oh, jeez. Um, I'm probably going to say Harriet Tubman because like she was not taking on you that. Want
0: be, you want to be Harriet Tubman? Oh my and um, She
3: was shooting people and she <laughs> was just freeing <laughs> souls. And she was just freeing people. I mean, like who doesn't want to free
1: people? So, I, that's some hard work. Yeah, I can't. I oh ain't yes, got it absolutely at me. hard work. It's it's, it's like ranking up there with the time. winemaker.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. Mm. Man. Ooh. Um, oh that is a good question. I
3: mean, I'll probably think about it more and later on be like, oh, I should have said this, but mm. that was the first person that came to
2: mind. Like somebody who just
3: went hard for the cause. So
2: I feel like I'd probably like to be someone like Albert Einstein or someone, someone like that, like be able to take the brain capacity that happened back in that generation and be able to put it into kind of like our current circumstance and see how we would solve and deal with the problems that we're dealing with today.
3: Mm. Nice. Now that is
1: a well thought out answer. It sure is. (laughs) That is. That is. Sarita, what about you? Because I'm still thinking about my <laughs> thing. <Thanks. laughs> um,
0: okay. So I feel like I would want to be some sort of artist. Oh, is that my mic? Can you hear me okay? Yeah, we can hear you. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, I would want to be somebody from like the Harlem Renaissance. Just in that time when uh-huh. everything was like mm. cultural and black and jazzy. Um. Nobody's coming to mind right now, but yeah, I would want to be somewhere up in there. Yeah,
1: I was thinking um, not to, you know, don't tell on yours, but I was thinking Billie Holiday. Oh, nice! Like you Ooh, know, to yeah. be honest with you, they had hard lives. Oh my! You know what? I am happy being a woman now. <laughs> I cannot imagine. And I we don't talk wait. about it's hard now. No, I know. Hard. Okay. Yeah that was hard. And I was listening to, um, what's his name? Okay. So Willie Geis on channel Mm -hmm. four on Sundays, he has the Sunday sit down and, um, and he interviews celebrities or, you know, thought leaders or what have you. And then he says, after the interview, if you want to hear more of the interview, you can go to my podcast So, this weekend, I just was binging on his podcast and he interviewed Mm Aquafina. You know, she played in Ocean's Eight. um, And so her mother died when she was four years old. So, her grandmother raised her. And so, Aquafina tells the time where she first started menstruating. And her grandmother hands her a belt. There's nope. belts nope. And, and the the pads with the big wings, what have oh you. Oh my God. And I was like, that was not long ago. Right. I'm <laughs> like, is this in the 40s? Like, I've been around now. Like, what? Yeah, yeah. So her grandmother was obviously much older. First of all, I don't even know where you can find pads that don't have any adhesive to it nowadays, but- <laughs> <And> Also, her, <laughs> her, like, is- her grandmother
3: never seen a commercial? Like, there's exactly. commercials for one on TV. <laughs> <laughs> like of women playing tennis and like jogging, and then they show like a regular one with adhesive.
1: <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! So <laughs> you know, that to say I'm really happy being a woman now. Mm-hmm. Like all of the things that women had to deal with before us, thank you for your service.
3: Or maybe that's your history. <laughs> whoever created those, whoever invented. Right. That is whoever invented the adhesive on them and the wings.
1: Yes. You know know what? (laughs) That is revolutionary. Like people think fire, light. No, the adhesive on maxi pads. That is it. Right. right (laughs) Right. So clearly,
3: this show is for women, in case anyone was wondering. This (laughs) is the ladies'
0: show, the feminine side. All right. Okay, next question. So, what snacks have you consumed the most of in the past few weeks? Chips. What kind of chips? Like just regular plain chips?
3: Uh, salty chips with ridges. It's this store here, that, and I like their ridged potato chips. So, I just get the store brand because they're salty, and I love them. So mm. I either eat them plain or I do um, sour cream with the ranch um, powder, the Hidden Valley Ranch Packets. Mm. I have some of those. Mm. Okay. That sounds good if I make a little sour cream dip and then I, you know, the sour cream ranchy dip and I dip them in that. Yeah. That's been the number one snack.
0: That sounds good. <laughs> that sounds really good. Yeah. Microwave
3: popcorn is coming in at a close second. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, since yeah. the borders aren't open and nobody can come back over here anytime soon to bring me any more, I'm trying to ration it now. Because I was like, oh, wait, I could get more. But then I'm like, no, I don't know when anybody can come. So <laughs>
1: that, that is, that is, I've been making guacamole.
0: like Ooh. Oh, girl. Okay.
1: Like, as if nobody will ever grow another avocado.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I have been eating guacamole like crazy. <laughs> oh okay. man I have been I have this thing for tortilla chips I can't get enough of them mm-hmm. that I don't I don't buy them for myself because if I do I'll eat the entire mm-hmm. bag so my friends at work know that when I'm really stressed out they bring me tortilla chips but I bought my own and I've got this weakness of eating tortilla chips and like the fanciest cheese I can get at the like mm-hmm. local common market grocery store so I've got like this super fancy brie on top of tortilla chips that is my snack
3: food. <laughs> so I'm gonna act like I didn't hear the last part, but um, yeah, the church
2: Oh,
0: I have um, I have many problems with snacks right now. We're um, <laughs> gonna probably
3: eat some healthy. Like I'm just been snacking on granola.
1: No, I, I, I no, have no, the no, quinoa. I had the quinoa chips. Nope. <laughs> right,
3: like I just have a bowl in the bowl, and I've been eating grapes.
0: So, okay, I admit 75% of the time I eat healthy, but that other percent, listen, I have a we, it's not even just me, it's me and Alan. We have a huge problem with cheese it's huge. The uh, box is mm-hmm. the box will come oh, one yes. day and be gone. Gone. Yeah. hmm We were mm-hmm. on like uh we're in this like little couples group or whatever, and we had a couple zoom, and it's always it starts at 9 30. So just imagine you make a big picture of whatever margaritas or whatever, and you got this box of cheeses. It's, it's gone. It's gone. Oh, that's done. <laughs> done. That's, <laughs> done.
3: <laughs> margaritas make you hungry. I don't know yeah. what it is. Oh, so
0: <laughs> can <make> um, you- <laughs> <laughs> um, and also guacamole is an issue. Guacamole, um, and I like blue corn chips. And then, mm-hmm. lastly, for mm-hmm. my little sweetness, guys, Trader Joe's has these ice cream sandwiches holy mug they are okay so it's like chocolate cookies right and they're like tender and then the ice cream is coffee come on oh. come on oh, oh, they, want they want you to be addicted but, they, the, yeah. the good thing is they are really tiny so they're like Maybe like the palm of your hand tiny? They're smaller like than a your palm. whole hand tiny. No, 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 smaller than a palm. So
1: they're small.
0: Oh, so okay. you can so you
1: eat, can eat like five. No, like
0: okay. that's
1: what I'm thinking, Tanisha. Like, oh, then you just <laughs> pop them like grapes because right. so like The last time,
3: and it's fine.
1: The last time I went to Trader Joe's, they they
0: weren't um, measuring like how many people can come in yet, so there was no lines outside. That was like I don't know, three or four weeks ago. And I bought four boxes. That's how. Like, it's we're eating one a day. It's a problem. Wow. It's, it's a problem. <laughs> anyway, so <Listen. laughs> times are hard right now.
3: You listen. have to it. And, listen. Yeah, yeah, corn chips and coffee, mm-hmm. and ice cream with chocolate cookies is what's doing it.
1: Yeah. There it's was this problem. video. I have to send it to you, where this woman, she's in this classroom, and it's re-acclimating her to the real world afterwards. She's like, you know, you need to. So she holds up, the teacher holds up a pair of pants and she goes, these are pants. And <laughs> and, the, and the woman's like, Where's the elastic? <laughs> <laughs> like, it's no
3: drawstring? This is stupid. Right. <laughs> oh,
1: yeah, gosh. I think we're gonna all have that type of Yeah. With but you not. gotta
3: put on jeans or like regular pants yes. at least once a week just to make sure everything's still okay because you're gonna mess around yeah. and have your feelings hurt thinking all is yeah. well in the kingdom with them jogger pants you've been wearing <laughs> them leggings are stretching with you so you have to put on something for your past life
2: just oh to make gosh. sure
0: all is well oh, oh <laughs> yes. okay uh next question If you could live in any TV or movie house,
1: which one would it be? Ooh, I would want to live be on the Cosby Show. Yeah, it's cute. That's a cute little. Yeah, I certainly want to be. I mean, you know, I wouldn't drink anything around him, but I would want to be on the Cosby (laughs) Show. (laughs) What in the world (laughs) just happened?
3: Oh my god. Um, mine wouldn't necessarily be a house. Um, I like Ghost department on Empire. I mean, not Empire on Power Ghost oh. Natasha's Penthouse Apartment.
1: Sure. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. 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 yeah.
3: And the close second is uh Olivia Pope's apartment on Scandal. Okay.
1: Oh, yeah. That's
0: a nice yeah. one. I mean, mm-hmm.
3: like her place looks so cozy, and I mean, it yeah. was all you know cream and beiges, mm-hmm. and I drink a lot of red wine, so I don't know how that will work out, but mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, place was super mm-hmm. cute. Like her, it was nice
0: um for me the first one surprisingly i thought of was mrs doubtfire you remember the family house it was in san francisco it was on the Mm -hmm, hill mm -hmm. the house is so
1: cute yeah
0: and um this other house was y'all seen the movie what lies beneath yeah i
3: did but i don't remember
0: uh well it's a big house i don't know where they were but it was it's on a lake okay and it's a really pretty mm-hmm. house mm-hmm. google it it's really pretty okay. Um, but yeah
3: also for like, houses i like the house on ozark like their house Oh, that's is is
0: so nice cute. yeah i haven't Lindo. seen it yet i
2: really want to watch it oh you should oh, once oh, you Melissa. start
0: once you yeah. start you're not gonna be you able can, to stop you
1: you are not
2: yeah, yeah. So Ooh, you have control. some time <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna it's
1: watch the so an episode and then yeah. go live
3: my life no yeah
1: you're not, mm-hmm.
2: you're not. no okay no yeah, at <laughs> least he
3: time to watch four episodes. to Start.
2: So uh, just, yeah, yeah. Um, yourself. I, I feel like for me, like I really enjoy the outdoors. I've never really lived in a city, but if I had to pick one that's like, commonly well known, I'd probably say Monica's apartment in Friends. Oh, I cute. Yeah, that's a good yeah. It was yeah. super nice. Yeah. Um, if I had to pick something else though, uh, I don't know if you guys have seen the OA on Netflix. It's What's like that? another it's it's a sci fi ish kind of show. That's um, where you lost me. Yeah, yeah, fair <laughs> enough. But <laughs> they, they have um they have this like cabin kind of in the middle of the woods, which seems really picturesque. And I was like, Oh man, that'd be really nice. I'd live there. But I I think mainstream I'm gonna go with friends, Monica and Chandler. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. yeah. I like that, okay. <laughs>
3: And it's so crazy how her apartment looked and then Joy was right across the hall and then how that
0: place looked. Right, right. Right. very <laughs> very different. Yeah, very, yeah. very
3: different. Yeah. Like you really yeah. got the short end yeah. of the steak,
0: Joey. <laughs> 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 yes. Okay, last question. What's your go-to meal to cook?
2: Mm. Oh girl. <laughs> oh. Uh, when I don't wanna have to think about cooking? Yeah, what's right. your? Like, That's when I order delivery. Fruit. Um. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For me, it usually happens far later than delivery is still available. Um, so usually, recently, it's been a box of macaroni and cheese okay. because comfort food. But I pair that with wonderfully frozen Chinese dumplings.
3: Huh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, that works.
1: Because wh- why not? Right. <laughs> why not? Why not? I make, um, if I don't want to cook at all,
0: mm-hmm.
1: a bowl of granola cereal always does the job. Mm. Really? Mm-hmm. Huh. If I, I don't feel like cooking, I'll just fix me some cereal. Um, but like the go-to easy for me to do is like pan sear some chicken thighs and saute spinach. And mm-hmm. ooh, it's done. that sounds good. Tanisha, you got one?
3: I don't, and this is hard because I don't, I don't have a go-to. Like you don't have germs, a go-to since you've been home. I I've been cooking like different stuff, but mm. I think my go-to since I've been home, the easiest thing is like uh, fried rice. Throw some mm. vegetables mm-hmm. in the pan, mm-hmm. shred oh, up the meat or whatever, and then you know make that. That's yeah, that would be my go-to now. Because I always have some vegetables and I always have rice.
0: I like it. Um, so mine is a little weird, but it's, well, it's not too bad. So it's a some gourmet. It's not, it's not, it's really not. (laughs)
3: It's like sear foie gras (laughs) with (laughs) a side of shrimp.
0: It's not. So gourmet
3: and shrimp scampi with a glass of crisp, refreshing white wine.
0: (laughs) Um I I happen to be the well I got two things. Okay. My first one is I am like the family greens maker. So don't you know in the family who making the greens? That's mm-hmm, me. That's mm-hmm. me. Okay. Oh, but is that so? It is. That's that it is. Okay. Um, but my like I call this like my I don't feel like it's struggle meal. So it's a sweet potato, right? And I cook it in the microwave, um, wrap it in saran wrap and cook it for 30 minutes on one side. Not 30 minutes, sorry. Three minutes on one side and then three minutes on the other side. I was about to say, your microwave go for 30 minutes. (laughs) And then um, I chop up mushrooms and I split the sweet potato open, add mushrooms, and then um, top it with a fried egg. That's it. Really? Yeah. Oh, oh, I'm
1: doing that this weekend. It's like sweet, savory, and
0: like all these different textures. And then I've added kale sometimes. I've added spinach. Like what else? whatever i have in the house but i just sort of build it together and that's it i got it from pinterest years ago and, and you saute
3: the mushrooms and just like what mm-hmm. butter or olive oil like whatever salt, salt, i mean salt,
0: mushrooms salt. you know they're so savory you can just this yeah whatever yeah mm-hmm. yeah this is
3: true i'm just making sure because you know i have to ask you some yeah. yeah it's a question yeah i'll do something
2: yeah sometimes i'll do something like that in the morning mm-hmm. and like I'll dice the sweet potato first and throw mm-hmm. it in the microwave with some water to like pre-cook mm. it and then I'll like put it in uh, a skillet and kind of brown it and then mm-hmm. crack an egg over top throw some veggies in there, call it a breakfast. Oh, there it is. It's done. Yeah. 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 Like yep. potato.
3: Oh, y'all playing. I'm gonna go get some sweet potatoes.
1: <laughs> I, <know>. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think, I was like, I, I'm sitting here going, I got one.
3: <laughs> I do all I you need,
1: just one. Cake. Yep. Yep, yep, that's it. Well, those
0: are all of our questions. Melissa, thank you so much for being on the soil No problem. Yeah, thank you so
2: much for inviting me. This is a lot (laughs) of fun.
0: Before you you go, tell everybody
2: where they can follow you in Linganore Winery. Sure. So you can find Linganore Wines on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, along with Linganore Wines, that's W-I-N-E-S, that's at the end of it, dot com. Uh, You can follow all of our updates for the coronavirus and everything else we've got going on.
0: Thanks again. Excellent. Well, stay You're safe welcome. and we hope you guys open soon.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah we do. Yeah.
0: <laughs> People <the> drinking. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
0: Cheers. Cheers. See you guys. Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye. I'm good. loving it. Wait, what is it? Savannah. So oh, Savannah. Oh, yeah. I've had
3: that. Yeah. I, I love it. Did you drink all that? That gave time? me an idea. I got stuck in a wine rut and was drinking, like, the same three things. Really? Yes. And so I went to the store today and got a, a Chenin Blanc. So that's what three little... things were you drinking? Yeah. I was drinking a bunch of stuff from Languedoc. Dog. So, like, reds uh, from Languedoc, uh, Dog. Okay. Um, or uh, from the Rhone. Like, Cote du Rhone Village. A bunch of Minervoir or uh, Corbier. Hmm. Like, I was stuck in, like, that red wine thing.
1: I like your rut though. That's a yeah. hell of a rut to be in. <laughs> right, exactly. Right. Mm-hmm. That's
3: great.
1: But I I'm I'm like, okay, um, drink some roses,
0: drink
3: some whites.
0: I'm drinking a sparkling tokai. Oh, nice. Ooh. Um, it's so good. It's really good. Um, Leslie, there is a wine shop in Bowie that's next to the Harris Teeter in Bowie. Yes, it is. I know that that's mm-hmm. my favorite spot now mm-hmm. um because it feel like it's low-key nobody like knows about it it's nothing no, the white people in know. there
2: yeah
0: um I went once and uh, boy, I try to rack up when I go because I know I don't I don't be out in sticks that often but um <laughs> they have an intense sparkling wine selection and it's never anybody back there and every time I, <laughs> I walk out with my order this guy's like you found some good stuff. I said I sure did. I sure did. They do. They do. And and you know you can sit at the little bar and drink. Mm. Well, not now. But yeah, I've never done that before though.
1: You can, and they have those um, machines, so you can play the lottery. No, 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 no. Ugh. You know the um by the ounce machine. Oh, you are talking about tap? No, not video poker slot a
0: Slot like Vegas
1: yes
3: right it's like vegas <laughs> it's <fine>. <laughs> <laughs>